In a world beyond the known, where shadows whisper tales, and ancient winds bear forgotten names. Welcome, brave souls, to mythological creatures. Hello and welcome, kindred spirits. I'm your guide and storyteller, Arya Moonstone, and I'm thrilled to have you join us on this enthralling odyssey through the ages. Here, on Mythological Creatures, we delve into the labyrinthine depths of cultures long past and lands far away to uncover the mystical beings that have captivated human imaginations for millennia. In a land graced with rolling green hills, ancient castles, and misty locks, there lies a body of water that has, for generations, been the source of whispered tales and wide-eyed wonder. This is Loch Ness, a seemingly placid expanse in the Scottish Highlands. But as any soul who has dared to listen closely to the whispers will tell you, beneath those dark waters hides an enigma, a riddle that has captivated the human heart for centuries. It is in this setting that the tale of the Loch Ness Monster, affectionately known as Nessie, takes form like the mist that clings to the surface of the loch. As we set foot on the shores of Loch Ness, let us travel back to the pages of history. It was an era where brave hearts wielded swords, bards composed ballads under starry skies, and myths were as alive as the people who believed in them. Among these folks was Saint Columba, a venerable Irish missionary, who was known not just for his faith but also for his indomitable spirit. Legend has it that one fine day, Saint Columba chanced upon a group of locals burying a man near the river Ness. The man, it was said, had encountered a fearsome water beast and had not lived to tell the tale. Now, most people would have been shaken, but not Saint Columba. His eyes narrowed, and with a determined stride, he walked to the water's edge. Now imagine, the hushed anticipation of the crowd, the dark swirling waters, and the air that hung heavy with the promise of the unknown. Saint Columba raised his hand and, in a voice that thundered across the lock, commanded the creature to retreat. And behold, the waters calmed. The crowd erupted in awe, and the tale of the water beast was etched into the collective memory of the highlands. Fast forward to modern times. There is something about monsters in human folklore that mesmerizes us. Is it the thrill of the unknown? Or perhaps the allure of a world beyond the mundane? Whatever it may be, when it comes to Nessie, the world listens with bated breath. The Loch Ness Monster, or Nessie as she is fondly called, is no longer just a Scottish enigma. She has become a symbol, a whisper from the depths that echoes through time. Through the years, countless tales, photographs, and even scientific expeditions have sought to pierce the shroud of mystery that cloaks Nessie. As we stand on the cusp of an enchanting journey through the chapters that follow, we invite you to open your heart to the magic, the myths, and the echoes of a creature that continues to capture the human imagination. The stage is set, dear reader. Will you join us in the quest to unravel the mysteries of Loch Ness? As dawn breaks over the Scottish Highlands, Painting the sky in hues of gold and pink, we find ourselves stepping into a time where the roots of Nessie's tales sink deep. The early 20th century in Scotland was a time of change. Industries were booming in the cities, and the echoes of the Great War still lingered in the air. But amidst this, the Scottish Highlands remained somewhat untouched, with the air thick with tales of old. In this quaint setting lived a historian named Alastair MacGregor. With a hearty laugh and a sparkle in his eye, Alistair was as much a part of the highlands as the hills themselves. His passion was delving into the past, piecing together tales that had been passed down through generations. 
one fine morning, as Alistair pored over ancient texts in his study, overlooking the serene Loch Ness, he stumbled upon something that piqued his interest. Loch Ness, Alistair learned, was not just any body of water. It was a place steeped in history. Formed over 10,000 years ago due to melting glaciers, this ancient loch had been witness to countless tales. The waters were incredibly deep and murky due to a high peak content, and this perhaps gave it a sense of mystery. Alistair decided to share his discoveries with his dear friend, Elspeth MacDonald, who was a charismatic storyteller known throughout the Highlands. The villagers would often gather around the fireplace in the local inn, their faces illuminated by the flickering flames as Elspeth's voice wove tales that danced with their imaginations. Together, Alistair and Elspeth decided to dive further into one particular story that seemed to be the cornerstone of Loch Ness's mystery, the tale of St. Columba and the Water Beast. As the story goes, St. Columba, an Irish monk, was a towering figure, with a booming voice and a heart brimming with faith. During his travels to spread Christianity, he came to the Scottish Highlands in 565 AD. Here, near the River Ness, he had an encounter that would become the stuff of legend. Alistair's eyes widened as he read that St. Columba had come across villagers who were mourning a man slain by a water beast. This was when St. Columba had faced the creature and commanded it to leave, protecting the people. As Alistair and Elspeth delved into this tale, they realized that this ancient encounter was perhaps the earliest recorded instance of what would later evolve into the legend of Nessie. Inspired, they decided to bring this tale to life for the people of the Highlands. With Alistair's research and Elspeth's storytelling, they organized an event by the loch. The air was electric as young and old gathered, the waters of Loch Ness silently bearing witness. As Elspeth recounted St. Columba's brave encounter with the water beast, and Alistair painted the picture of Loch Ness through the ages, the crowd was spellbound. This evening by the loch wasn't just about stories, it was a bridge to a past that rippled through the depths of Loch Ness, and through the hearts of those who believed. Unbeknownst to Alistair and Elspeth, this was the beginning of a resurgence of interest in the mysteries of Loch Ness, as a new generation found themselves drawn to the ancient waters and the whispers they held. And thus, the stage was set for the legend to evolve, as the past merged with the present, and the depths of history continued to shape the tale of Nessie. The resounding success of Alistair and Elspeth's event by the loch had breathed new life into the ancient tales. Yet, while the legend had stirred, the creature of the loch still didn't have a name that resonated with the masses. This was soon to change, and destiny had an unexpected figure to credit for it. In a bustling town not too far from the Highlands, there was a lively newspaper editor named Ian Fletcher. Ian was a man always on the lookout for the next big story. When he got wind of the murmurs about the creature in Loch Ness, his curiosity was instantly piqued. Armed with a notepad and an unending barrage of questions, Ian made his way to the Highlands. Meanwhile, Elspeth, still buoyed by the success of the event, decided to host regular storytelling sessions by the loch. People from nearby villages started to trickle in. It was during one of these sessions that Ian Fletcher made his entrance. His eyes darted around, absorbing every detail as Elspeth's voice wove tales of the ancient water beast. After the session, Ian approached Elspeth and Alistair with a twinkle in his eye. He spoke animatedly about how this local legend had the potential to captivate the entire nation. But, he remarked, it needed a name that would catch people's imagination. Alistair, Elspeth, 
and Ian sat down with mugs of hot tea in the local inn. They debated over names like the Highland Leviathan and the Guardian of the Lock. It was then that Elspeth, gazing thoughtfully into the fire, whispered almost to herself, Nessie. It was simple, affectionate, and captured the essence of the lock. Ian's eyes lit up. The trio realized that for Nessie's tale to be embraced, they needed to involve the local community. They organized a festival dedicated to the rich history and legends of Loch Ness. The quaint village was abuzz with excitement, stalls with crafts and delicacies lined the streets, laughter and music filled the air. It was during this festival that Ian, with the flair of a natural showman, unveiled a mock-up of Nessie in the town square. The crowd gasped in delight. Nessie, as the creature was affectionately named, had come to life in the hearts of the people. What followed was nothing short of a phenomenon. Ian's articles about Nessie began to circulate far and wide. Suddenly, the nation was gripped by Nessie fever. Loch Ness was no longer just a loch, it was the home of Nessie, Scotland's beloved aquatic enigma. As the legend took on a life of its own, something magical was happening in the community around Loch Ness. The village that had once been a sleepy hamlet began to thrive. The sense of shared heritage and wonder connected people of all ages. Years later, as an older Elspeth stood by the shores of Loch Ness, she realized that Nessie was more than just a name or a creature. It was a symbol of unity, imagination, and the timeless wonder of storytelling. The waters of the loch, as ancient and mysterious as ever, now held the whispers of not just the past, but the echoes of a name that had etched itself into the very fabric of Scottish lore. Nessie had found her home in the depths of Loch Ness, and in the hearts of those who dared to believe. As the whispers of Nessie spread like wildfire, the tranquil shores of Loch Ness transformed into a hub of wide-eyed seekers, with cameras hanging by their necks and hearts alight with anticipation. Among these seekers was a man of science, Dr. Robert Kenneth, an oceanographer, who had traveled across the world studying aquatic mysteries. It was a crisp morning in 1934 when Dr. Kenneth found himself on a boat in the middle of Loch Ness. He had been fascinated by the legends and the reported sightings of Nessie and yearned to witness the creature with his own eyes. Wild Doctor Kenneth meticulously scanned the lock with his equipment, an intriguing photograph emerged in the newspapers. Dubbed the surgeon's photo, it was taken by a respectable British doctor named Robert Wilson. The photo depicted a creature with a long neck emerging from the water, resembling the prehistoric plesiosaur. The world was astounded. Was this the proof that Nessie was real? As the photograph took the world by storm, it also reached the eyes of Lillian McPhee, an elderly local who had lived by the lock all her life. Lillian was known as the keeper of tales, and she had her own story to tell. One day, as Dr. Kenneth was packing up his equipment, Lillian approached him. Her voice quivered with emotion as she recounted her tale. It was a story passed down in her family about her great-great-grandfather, Angus McPhee, who had reportedly seen Nessie in the mid-1800s. Lillian spoke of how Angus described the creature as having a long neck and large flippers, a description eerily similar to the one captured in the surgeon's photo. Embraced by the excitement, Dr. Kenneth began compiling a collection of eyewitness tales. He interviewed locals and tourists alike. 
Among the stories, a recurring theme emerged, the creature's long neck and large body. In the years that followed, the fervor around Nessie's sightings seemed to increase exponentially. People from different walks of life reported their encounters. Even pilots flying over the lock claimed to have spotted something unusual in the water. In the 1960s and 70s, a wave of Nessie mania gripped not only Scotland but the world. Expeditions were launched, and the lock was abuzz with boats, sonar equipment, and divers. Among these expeditions, an adventurous filmmaker named Alexandra Collins decided to capture the surge for Nessie on film. Alexandra had grown up listening to her Scottish grandmother's tales about Nessie and had always dreamt of seeing the creature. Her documentary, titled Nessie's Echo, was a poignant mix of history, science, and eyewitness accounts. As the documentary showcased the ongoing expeditions and the pulsating excitement around Loch Ness, it also captured something else, the human spirit's unending quest for discovery and the allure of the unknown. Dr. Robert Kenneth, who had started his journey with skepticism, found himself enchanted by Loch Ness and its tales. He and Alexandra, along with the scores of others who had become part of the search, were writing their own chapter in the story of Nessie. As the sun set over the highlands, casting a golden glow upon the waters, one couldn't help but feel that Loch Ness had secrets yet to reveal, as Nessie's tale continued to ripple through time, captivating hearts across the world. As the allure of Nessie continued to enthrall the world, the community surrounding Loch Ness found itself at the center of a whirlwind of activity. But along with the excitement, there was a growing air of mystery that bordered on the mystical, and sometimes the eerie. In the early 1970s, a curious figure emerged on the shores of Loch Ness a man named Edward Ned Thorne, who claimed to be a paranormal investigator. Tall and enigmatic, with a flowing beard and piercing eyes, Ned believed that Nessie was not just a creature, but a guardian of some ancient secret. Ned began conducting nightly rituals by the loch, with curious onlookers often gathering at a distance. He claimed he could communicate with Nessie through ancient Celtic chants. It was during one such moonlit night that something unexplained occurred. The waters of the loch began to churn, and a thick mist enveloped the surroundings. Though nothing emerged from the water, those present claimed to feel an eerie presence, and a sense of deep-rooted mysticism seemed to cloak the loch. Around this time, an annual festival called the Gathering of the Waters took root. It was started by Fiona McCleary, a vibrant and spirited woman, who wanted to celebrate the history, legend, and community of Loch Ness. The festival included music, storytelling, and a beautiful lantern ceremony on the water, symbolizing the shared connection with the loch. One year, during the festival, a renowned archaeologist, Dr. Helena Rutherford, arrived with a team to explore the ruins of Urquhart Castle, which stood majestically by the loch. She was convinced that the castle, with its rich history dating back over a thousand years, held clues to the origins of the Nessie legend. As the archaeologists delved into the ruins, they discovered an ancient artifact a stone tablet with inscriptions that seemed to be a mix of Pictish and Gaelic symbols. Dr. Rutherford enlisted the help of Ned, who was well-versed in ancient Celtic scripts. As they decoded the inscriptions, they uncovered a story of a creature that had protected the loch and its people during a Viking invasion. This tale, etched in stone, seemed to corroborate the image of Nessie as a guardian. As the Gathering of the Waters festival continued, Dr. 
Rutherford and Ned decided to share their findings with the community. An air of anticipation filled the festival grounds as they unveiled the ancient stone tablet. As the night grew darker and the lanterns floated on the lock, Ned stood on the shores and, with a voice as deep as the waters, recited the ancient chant that he believed connected them to Nessie. In that moment, as if time stood still, the lanterns on the water seemed to converge to form a path. Though many dismissed it as a trick of the light, some believed it was a sign that the guardian of the lock had acknowledged them. The days following the festival saw a surge in interest in the history and culture surrounding Loch Ness. Tourists, scholars, and enthusiasts flocked to the area. But for the locals, the lock and its guardian were more than just a legend, they were part of their identity and heritage. Fiona McCleary, watching the sun dip below the horizon, felt a sense of fulfillment. She knew that the gathering of the waters had achieved more than just celebration, it had created a bridge between the past and the present, the myth and the community. The dark waters of Loch Ness, she felt, were as deep and mysterious as ever, but now they carried within them a light, a shared bond that connected hearts through the ebb. In the early 2000s, as the world embraced new scientific advancements, Loch Ness caught the attention of an ambitious biologist, Dr. Samantha Harper. Dr. Harper had followed the tales of Nessie since her childhood, and the unexplained mysteries around the creature beckoned her. She had an audacious plan, to use cutting-edge environmental DNA analysis to unravel the secrets of Loch Ness. Not far from Loch Ness, a retired school teacher, Mr. William Graham, had amassed a collection of documents, photos, and accounts of Nessie sightings over the years. His tiny cottage was brimming with scrapbooks, and he had become somewhat of a local historian. One fine morning, Dr. Harper arrived at the shores of Loch Ness with her team and sophisticated equipment. Word of her mission spread through the village like wildfire. Mr. Graham, with his walking stick in hand, made his way to the site. With a glint in his eye, he introduced himself to Dr. Harper and offered to share his collection to aid her research. As Dr. Harper and her team collected water samples from different parts of the lock, she also spent evenings at Mr. Graham's cottage poring over his collection. Among the materials, she discovered something intriguing, accounts from fishermen in the early 1900s who spoke of unusually large eels in the lock. In the weeks that followed, the team analyzed the DNA extracted from the water samples. They aimed to identify all living creatures in Loch Ness, hoping to find any anomalies that might point to Nessie's existence. Meanwhile, Mr. Graham organized a gathering at the local community center to discuss the history and sightings of Nessie. He invited Dr. Harper to share insights into her scientific approach. The community center was packed with locals, journalists, and visitors eagerly waiting to hear about the research. As Dr. Harper took the stage, she expressed her gratitude to Mr. Graham and shared how science can sometimes offer explanations to age-old mysteries. She then unveiled her preliminary findings. To everyone's astonishment, the Edna analysis revealed a surprisingly high amount of eel DNA in the lock. This, she explained, might suggest the presence of giant eels, which could account for some Nessie sightings. But then, she added, not everything could be explained. The lock's depths and its ecosystem were complex, 
and the legend of Nessie was woven into its very fabric. While science could offer some answers, it was also essential to recognize the beauty of mystery and folklore. As Dr. Harper's presentation concluded, the audience erupted into applause. Her scientific perspective had not debunked the legend, it had added another layer to its rich tapestry. Mr. Graham, standing beside Dr. Harper, felt his heart swell with pride. His lifelong pursuit of gathering tales had found resonance with the power of science, and together they had created a harmonious symphony. As days turned into weeks and weeks into months, Loch Ness continued to thrive. Dr. Harper's findings made international headlines, and the legend of Nessie acquired a new dimension. For the people around Loch Ness and those touched by its tales, Nessie remained a guardian, a symbol, and a mystery that defined the very essence of wonder. And as the moonlight danced upon the dark waters of Loch Ness, it was as if both science and legend whispered in unison, telling tales of the unknown, waiting to be discovered, and sometimes, just cherished. The days on the shores of Loch Ness were never the same after Dr. Harper's revelations. It seemed as though the loch had a newfound lease of life. Tourists came not only in search of a mythical creature but also to learn about the fascinating science and history behind it. Amongst the visitors was a young writer, Liam Mackenzie, who had come in search of inspiration for his next novel. He was the great-grandson of Lillian McPhee, the Keeper of Tales, whose stories had been passed down through generations. As he strolled through the quaint village, he stumbled upon an old bookshop. Inside, he met a spirited old lady, Mrs. Agatha, who claimed to have the most extensive collection of books on Scottish folklore. As Liam browsed through the ancient texts, Mrs. Agatha began telling him stories of the lock and how it was believed to be a portal to another realm. Liam's curiosity was piqued, and he decided to visit Mr. Graham, who was now seen as the guardian of Loch Ness stories. When Mr. Graham learned that Liam was Lillian McPhee's great-grandson, he was thrilled. They spent hours discussing the tales, and Liam found himself enchanted by the echoes of the past. Meanwhile, Fiona McCleary's Gathering of the Waters Festival had evolved into an annual global event. People from around the world gathered to celebrate the spirit of Loch Ness. That year, a special guest was invited, Dr. Harper, who had become a celebrated figure in the scientific community. Her work in environmental DNA had opened new avenues in cryptozoology, and she credited Loch Ness as the starting point of her journey. As the festival commenced, the air was filled with music, laughter, and a sense of unity. People wore costumes resembling Nessie, and children enacted plays based on the legends. On the final day of the festival, a tribute was planned to honor the stories and legends passed down through generations. Dr. Harper, Mr. Graham, and Liam were invited to share their insights on the stage overlooking the majestic lock. Liam, standing tall with a notebook in hand, began by reading a poem he had penned, inspired by the tales he had unearthed. His words painted a picture of ancient warriors, mystical guardians, and the eternal embrace of the lock. Dr. Harper spoke about the importance of curiosity and how the stories of Nessie had driven scientific exploration. She emphasized the importance of preserving the natural environment of Loch Ness for future generations to learn and be inspired. Mr.
Graham, with emotion in his voice, thanked the community for keeping the stories alive. He declared that he would be opening a small museum, where his collection would be available for all to explore. As the evening descended into night, a spectacular display of lights illuminated the lock. The Gathering of the Waters Festival had brought together stories, science, and souls in a symphony that reverberated across the highlands. Years later, as an old Liam Mackenzie stood by the lock with his grandchild, he spoke of the fabled guardian, the pioneering scientists, and the echoes of stories that swirled with the mists of Loch Ness. For those who listened, the echo lives on, as timeless as the dark waters, and as resplendent as the moonlight that dances upon them. Through tales told by flickering firesides and investigations probing the depths, Nessie remains forever entwined with the heart of the highlands, an enduring waltz between wonder and wisdom.